Well, this morning we're going to look at the way a few different people viewed Christmas. We have in in the Gospel of Luke more than this, but we'll, we'll look at three particular groups that are here. We we have we have a self-proclaimed old guy. We have a young teenager, and we have a little baby still in his mother's womb at six months. And in that we see um, the way in which they respond to hearing of Christ who is to come. Begins by, the chapter begins is in the first section there of looking at this particular man named Zechariah. And he's a priest. He's a priest that is married to his wife, Elizabeth, and, and they're described as a couple who is, they're righteous before God. They, they walk in the, in the commandments and ordinances of the Lord in a blameless way. They are known amongst the people as those who walk like that. They just, they live in such a way of, we want to obey what God says. They're more advanced in their years. Probably have been married for several, several decades. In that culture, more than likely, they've been married since they were teenagers. But they never had a child. Something in that particular culture, which was a really big deal. But they, 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 had, never, they had never had a child. The priests would, would come to the temple. And they would, they would cast lots to see which of the priests would be chosen to offer incense before God. It was a big deal to be able to do this. Uh, if, if a priest was, was chosen by the casting of lots, they would offer the incense one time, and once they did it that one time, they were never allowed to do it again. And there are about 8,000 priests that lived at that time. And so in Luke chapter 1, we're introduced to Zechariah, and we find that on that day, He's chosen to be the one to offer up the incense. And that would have been a big deal for him. To be at a place of, I got picked. They cast the lots. It fell on me. I get to go into the temple. I get to be the one to offer up this prayer and offer up this incense before the Lord. So it tells us that in verse 10, that he's in there. And, and as he's in there, there's this whole multitude of people who were outside and they're and they're praying at the hour of incense. And as Zechariah's in there, an angel of the Lord appears to him, verse 11, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. So you can picture Zechariah's there, and he's approaching the temple on this day, incredibly nervous as the day that he's longed for has finally come. He's there and there's this beautiful curtain that's there that's separating him from the Holy of Holies. There's the table of the showbread that's there with the 12 loaves of bread. There's a golden altar of incense that's there and a golden lampstand. And, and this golden lampstand is made of pure gold and it's all there right before him. And all these things are symbols of Christ who is to come. But he's there and undoubtedly nervous just to even go into the temple. But now is his time. He's gone in. He's seen things that he has never seen before. And an angel comes to him. 
says to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. Radical. There he is and he's nervous. Everybody's outside. He comes in and all of a sudden, there, an angel appears, starts speaking to him. Zacharias had, had just prayed to the Lord, and the angel saying, your prayer was heard. Maybe he was praying for, for the redemption of the people of Israel. Maybe he was praying that the Lord would just work miraculously in his wife. But nevertheless, the angel says, your prayer was heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. Um, your wife, who's been barren, now at an age where she shouldn't be having kids, is going to have a son. His name will be called John, which means God has been gracious. And then he goes on, he says, and, and you're going to have joy, and you're going to have gladness, and many are going to rejoice at his birth. For he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. And he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. There had been no prophets in Israel for, for 400 years. But now your son is going to be used to turn many people in Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He's going to be the one that comes and makes the people prepared for the Lord. He's going to be the forerunner. He's going to be the one that proclaims the Messiah who is to come. So Zechariah says to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and, and my wife is well advanced in years. Zechariah responds in disbelief. I'm old. I'm an old guy. How is this possible? I'm an old guy. He doesn't call his wife old, but says in a more politically correct way, she's well advanced in her years. Um, try that, guys. See how it goes over. Uh, how could this be? It doesn't make sense. It's, I, I don't believe it. You're, you're telling me that me, an old guy, and my wife, well advanced in her years, we're going to have a boy? We're going to have a child after decades and decades and decades and decades of being married now? Now we're going to have a child? Well, the angel answers and says to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. I, I think this is interesting to be able to just watch this angel respond. He, the angel's excited. The angel gets to come and tell this man, you're going to have a son. It's going to be John the Baptist. He's going to be the forerunner. He's going to be the one that goes and proclaims the Messiah who is to come. He's going to be set apart to do the work of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is going to be within him. 
even while he's in his mother's womb. This is what's going to happen. This is what God's going to do. God has been gracious. He's going to do this. I get to go tell this man this. I get to appear in the temple. This guy is going to be offering up incense, saying a prayer, and I get to be the one that's like, your prayer guy answered just now. This is what's going to happen. And he's just, the angel's excited, and the response of Zechariah says, I don't believe it. I'm an old guy. My wife's old, well advanced in her years. I don't, I don't believe it. And so the angel just says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of Almighty God. I, I stand there in his presence. I came down. Came down to speak to you. To bring you the best news that you could ever possibly hear. To bring you glad tidings. I came to tell you this. But you didn't believe me. As a result, you don't get to talk for the next nine months plus. You don't get to talk. And the word that's used there also could be used for you, 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 you neither can speak nor can you hear. We get the idea of that because later on you'll see them making signs to him to get him to respond. Well, there's unbelief beginning there. I'm sure when he left that temple, there's all these people that are there before him wondering why he's been in there so long. I'm sure he wanted to tell everybody what happened. I mean, he's been waiting his whole life to be able to go into the temple. And I'm sure that he wanted to just go back. Honey, you're not going to believe what happened today. I got picked. The lot fell on me. Finally, it fell on me. And then there's this angel that was there. And, and this is what happened. And this is what he said. And you're going to have a baby. I mean, this poor guy's doing charades for like the next nine months. Like, you know, trying to tell his wife what is going on and, and, and what God did. And he's unable to communicate with her. Well, it tells us in verse 24, after those things, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. And now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. So, We've seen Zacharias doesn't believe in the punishment, the discipline is you don't get to say anything about what happened. You don't get to tell anybody what's happened. Now, six months has gone by, still can't talk, still doing charades. And Gabriel now comes to Nazareth and comes to this young girl, Mary. Based on the culture, based on that time, she's young. She's a young teenager. And she's there, and he appears to her. And it says, having come in, the angel says to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Rejoice. You're so blessed. The angel, you can tell, like, I'm... Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. You know that he's excited to be Gabriel, to be the one that is able to go and to tell Mary what's about to happen. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying 
and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. What an amazing proclamation. The good tidings of great joy. You see, this angel, he is going to be great. You're going to have a child. He's going to be great. He'll be the son of the highest. He'll rule on the throne of David and over the house of Jacob for all eternity. There'll be no end to his kingdom. You'll be miraculously giving birth to the long-awaited Messiah. This is what's going to happen. And Mary says to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? This isn't a lack of faith, but simply a question of, how are you going to do this? I don't totally understand. She believes. The angel makes it very clear that she believes. But how does this happen? The angel answers and says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. He is going to be called the Son of God. He is the one who's going to be in your womb. Well, the angel goes on and says, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. You get the idea from this angel that he just loves to just talk about the greatness of his God. With God, nothing's impossible. This is not impossible for him. Elizabeth, you know you're... Relative Elizabeth, the the old one, married to the old priest, she's already six months along. Nothing's impossible for God. So Mary responds by saying, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departs. I'm the maidservant of the Lord, but whatever it is that you say, may it be that that takes place. So she gets up in those days and goes into the hill country with haste to, a city, to the city of Judah. This is like around 100 miles away. It's under 100 miles away. She hears this from the angel. She, gets up. she travels at least four days, 100 miles away, to be able to go to see Elizabeth. And it tells us that she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, still in his mother's womb with three months to go, had joy and the ability to leap in his mother's womb as Jesus enters the room in his mother's womb. When you think about when does life start, think of how radical this passage is. Here's this little baby in the darkness of his mother's womb, 24 weeks or so along, 
weighs one to one and a half pounds. Maybe is just starting to suck on his thumb. Maybe gets hiccups every once in a while. Toenails and hair are starting to grow a little bit. The skin has just gone to the point where it's not translucent anymore. But he's a little guy. And at that point, when this little zygote enters into the room, just being in his mother's womb for a couple days, John the Baptist has so much joy inside his heart that he jumps in his mother's womb. He leaps, and the text tells us further on that he leaps with joy in his mother's womb. There's times for us where we think about how do we respond to Christmas? What do we do? I'm not good at talking with people. I want to tell people about Christ. I want to tell people about what he's done, but it's, it's hard enough sometimes to say Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays, and, and I don't want to offend people. And, and we get to a place of just, some of you maybe just struggle with the idea of, of being a witness or just proclaiming how precious Christ is to you. You're, you're about to go to family members' house who are unbelievers, and they don't, they don't think of Christ at all. And you want to be able to tell them about the greatness of, of God, and, and yet it's intimidating to you. Be, be of good courage that a one-pound, one-and-a-half-pound little baby that has never even taken a breath, that is there in his mother's womb, at the idea of Christ coming into the same room as him, being conceived just a couple of days before, caused that little baby to, to just leap with joy, praise inside of his heart, just while in his mother's womb. Whether you're able to articulate everything as Mary does, or as we'll see with Zacharias as he does, May God help us to be filled with joy and just praise coming out of us just as it was with John the Baptist when he was just about a pound. Well, Elizabeth responds by saying with a loud voice, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Elizabeth just responds, the mother of my Lord has come, and my baby leapt for joy. She knows what's taking place. She's filled with the Holy Spirit and she says these things and more than likely her husband for the last six months has been writing to her and doing incredible charades is what took, has, has taken place. Hasn't been able to communicate to her very well but she has a clear understanding that the mother of her Lord has just entered the room. And it's radical. Well, Mary responds and so now we hear this little young teenager respond her response begins with my soul 
it magnifies the Lord. We have, we have those that are here in our presence that fit into that category of 12, 13, 14 years old. Look at, look at the doctrine that this young lady has as she begins to speak to old Elizabeth who's there. She just begins to say, my soul... Like everything inside me, it just it magnifies the Lord. He has become so big to me right now. Everything inside me worships his greatness. My, my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. I have so much joy, Mary says, because it is God who is my Savior. The way that I, I am thinking right now, he's so big and I have so much joy because he's my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm just this young girl. I'm in Nazareth. Who knows of anything about Nazareth? But God sent this angel, Gabriel. He appeared to me. This is what he has done. He's regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. And for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. She's not being proud. She's just saying, like, everybody's going to call me blessed. This is, this is the way that God has chosen to use me in this life. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. The one that's done these things for me is mighty and he is holy. Holy is his name. There's nothing too hard for him. And he is as pure as pure can be. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. You're, you're talking about a, a young teenage girl that just, doctrine is strong. She knows her God. She's been walking for four days, and she's got a whole lot of thoughts about what God's doing as far as Christmas who's, that's coming, Christ who is about ready to be born. She's had just a few days to take this in, to think about it, and her response is, God is mighty, and he is my savior, and, and I had nothing to offer him. I was lowly, but he regarded me. He's holy, and he's merciful, and he's faithful, and he's our helper, and he'll, he'll keep his promises for all eternity. He's a covenant keeper. This is who my God is, and here's this young teenager just talking to Elizabeth. and just love him. Praise that goes forth in her heart towards the Savior. This is how she responds to the idea of Christmas. So Mary remains with her about three months, returns to her house. And now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. And so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. Well, they want to make sure that's cool with dad. 
I mean, it's your first son. He should be called Zacharias. But it tells us they made signs to his father. You know, like, she's crazy. She wants to change his name. But he responds, writing on a tablet and wrote, his name is John. And so they all marveled at it. He had heard what the name was supposed to be. And he was totally in agreement with his wife. And then immediately, immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he spoke, praising God. Finally, it's been over nine months. Finally, he's at the point where he's like, I can say something. I can say something. I've had all these thoughts. I've been doing charades. I've been writing all this stuff. I've just wanted to tell you guys about what God has been doing in my life, what God did there in the temple. I wanted to say everything about his greatness. I've wanted to say everything about my Savior. I wanted to say everything about this precious gift that God's given me, but I haven't been able to say anything. And the point is, is what a privilege it is to proclaim the gospel, isn't it? I mean, you look at him and he's just dying to say something. Possibly can't hear, for sure can't speak. He's just sitting there going like, oh, just, I mean, you, you can just picture him with his wife. Like, she's like, why can't you speak, you know? And he's like, because I'm dumb. I, you know, like I, I didn't believe. I don't know why I didn't believe. I go into the temple and there this incredible figure appears to me, this angel. And he's just... Scared me half to death. He starts talking to me and he answered my prayer and this is what happened. But I didn't even believe him. Why would I not believe him? I've seen what happened with these saints that have gone before where their old wives had kids. And I don't know why I didn't believe that he couldn't do it for me. And you could just see him like this whole time like, why did I not believe? And his view of God has just grown radically. When when the angel says, you're not going to be able to talk for like the next nine months. He may have thought like, yeah, right, we'll see about that. He walks out like, you know, can't say anything to the people. And he's like, I think this guy's got something. This angel knows what he's talking about. And then all of a sudden his wife starts throwing up and, you know, like going through the whole process of just, you know what it's like, right? <laughs> Morning sickness. And realizes like all of this is happening. All of it's happening. And he responds first by just praising God, just praising him. It goes on in verse 67 where Zacharias is filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied and he begins to say this. Blessed, so this is what he's wanted to say. This is what God is speaking through him. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people. And he's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets who have, since, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life, And you, child, 
as he looks at, at, at little John the Baptist, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. He finally gets to respond. He finally gets to speak. He finally gets to have a song of praise and as the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he just begins to speak of all of these things. And his response is this. God has redeemed his people. God purchased his people. He, God, is our salvation. It's not based upon our work. It's not based upon what we can muster up. He is our salvation. He is merciful. He is a covenant keeper. He is faithful. Now we can serve him without fear. Now we can be holy. Now we can be righteous. Now the gospel can be proclaimed. Now we can tell people about the forgiveness of sins. Now we can, send tender, we can see the tender mercies of God. And, and we're in the light and we're not in darkness anymore. And we don't sit in the shadow of death anymore. And it's God who guides our feet now into the way of peace. And, and, and we look at the response of him, Zacharias. And we think, what a response now. Like when he is able to speak, what a response to the idea of Christmas. To the idea of a Savior being born. What, what is the difference between what Mary and John the Baptist and Zacharias would say versus us today? I mean, you go through and you think of like, what would we say? What do we say about Christmas? Well, I pray that our response is, like Mary, he's mighty. He is mighty. He's my savior. I had nothing to offer him. I was lowly, but he regarded me. He's holy. And he's merciful. And he's faithful and he's our helper and he'll keep his promises for all eternity and like little john the baptist i pray that the the outflow of that would be just leaping for joy just joy that we have in the fact that god gave us his son to be our savior and like zacharias i pray that our response would be with that as far as god's redeemed his people he's our salvation He's merciful. He's a covenant keeper. He's faithful. Now we can serve him without fear. Now we can be holy. Now we can be righteous because he gives his righteousness to us. Now the gospel can be proclaimed. Now we can tell people about the forgiveness of sins. Now we can see the tender mercies of God. Now we're in the light and not in darkness anymore. Now we don't sit in the shadow of death anymore. And it's God who guides our feet into the way of peace now. It's God that does that. I mean, you see their responses, and it's the same responses that we ought to give, right? I mean, just the doctrine of an old man, the joy of a little tiny baby, 24 weeks old in his mother's womb, and just the love and praise and just the gigantic view of God that this little teenager has as she thinks about who God is and what it is that he is doing through Christmas.
It is just praise that overflows all of their hearts. All of them. I pray that there would just be great boldness for us in this Christmas holiday. Joy that causes us to be more joyful than anybody in this world can possibly achieve. Because we have a Savior. He came to earth. He was born from the Virgin Mary. It had been prophesied for millenniums that he would come. We know more of the story than Mary and John the Baptist and Zacharias do. We were able to see the way that he lived. We were able to see his humility. We were able to see his power and the miracles that he achieved. We were able to see the way people treated him. We were able to look through the gospel and see his sovereign power over everything, and yet he gave his life for us on the cross. We were able to see that he was buried, and we were able to see that he rose again from the dead. We were able to see that he ascended into heaven. We're able to see with clarity how it is that we could be saved through faith in Christ and what it is that he has done. Their praise, the way they were thinking, the way they were saying everything that we probably would also say, everything that they said, they said when Jesus was no more than three months in his mother's womb think of what we are able to know now through the perfect word of God. God help it just to stir within our hearts praise and boldness. Boldness to proclaim the good news. To go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere. To be able to go and to tell people that Jesus Christ is born. To proclaim the gospel to them. There's nothing in this world that can bring more joy than the gift of Christ to us as people. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we're thankful for the text of Luke chapter 1. The way in which people respond from from 24 weeks old in mother's womb to the old man. Um, All of us fit somewhere in between there. And and, and I pray, Lord, that We wouldn't respond with, but I'm just, I'm just a kid. I'm just a young teenager. I can't say stuff like that. What incredible words came from the mouth of the Virgin Mary. What joy came from John the Baptist leaping in his mother's womb. And what repentant exaltation came from Zacharias as he was finally able to speak. May that be us over this Christmas season.
may we find ourselves praising you and finding our souls magnifying you and finding so much joy in you. We are a thankful, thankful people for the good tidings in which you have proclaimed to us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.